Isaiah chapter 2, verse 20. In that day, this is about the tribulation period now, men will cast away to the moles and the bats their idols of silver and their idols of gold. They won't be worth anything anymore. Which they had for themselves to worship in order to go into the caverns of the rocks and the clefts of the, cl the, clefts of the cliffs before the terror of the Lord and the splendor of His majesty when He arises to make the earth tremble. That's the tribulation. And then here's the warning again, verse 22. Stop regarding man, humanity, mankind, whose breath of life is in his nostrils, for why should he be esteemed? Why are you lifting up and honoring man? Why? He's just human. His breath is in his nostrils. He's just, just a human being, just, a, uh, just, a, just an animal to, to some degree. He, he's, he's not your God. He's not your God. Chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, the Lord God of hosts, the Lord of the armies of heaven, is going to remove from Jerusalem and Judah, remember, Judah's southern kingdom, both supply and support, the whole supply of bread and the whole supply of water. The mighty men and the warrior, the judge and the prophet, the diviner, the fortune teller, those who, who study omens, these are warlocks and witches, the diviner, the elders, even the elders who should know better, the elders of the people who should know better, the captain of 50 and the honorable men and the counselor and the expert artisan and the skillful enchanter, uh, those who worship demonic religions, uh, the, the skillful, skillful enchanter, and, and uh, the whisperer, also the word whisperer is used because they could go into trances these, um, uh, these witches or warlocks are going to trances and they just go back and forth and just whisper, just move their mouth. The whispers, um, and I will make mere youth or lads, their princes, and capricious children will rule over them. <laughs> they won't have any wise people to rule over them. It's be like children will rule over them. And the people will be oppressed, each one by another. Law will, will, will be, disappear. Each one by his neighbor will be oppressed, and the youth will storm against the elder. Look at that. And the inferior ones against the honorable ones. Come down to verse 9. The expression of their faces bears witness against them, and they display their sin like Sodom. They prance like the homosexuals of Sodom pranced about. They do not even conceal it. They don't conceal their pride or their evil. They don't even conceal it. Woe to them, for they have brought evil on themselves. Aha, they have brought evil on themselves. Say to the righteous that it will go well with them, for they will eat the fruit of their actions. Uh, uh, <coughs> woe to the wicked, it will go badly with him, for what he deserves will be done to him. My people, oh my people, their oppressors are children, and women will rule over them. Oh my people. Those who guide you lead you astray and confuse the direction of your paths. The Lord arises to contend and stands to judge the people. The Lord enters into judgment with the elders, the leaders who should know better, the wise ones, and princes of His people. It is you who have devoured the grape, the, the vineyard. 
and the, the plunder of the poor is in your houses. You've, you, you, you've plundered them. You've brought their, whatever, whatever they had left in their possession, you brought into your houses for the poor people. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the face of the poor, declares the Lord God of hosts. Now look at verse 16, because verse 16, you have the sins of the women of Jerusalem. The sins of the women. Moreover, the Lord said, because the daughters of Zion are proud and walk with heads held high and seductive eyes and go along with mincing little steps and the tinkle of bangles on their feet, therefore the Lord will afflict the scalp of the daughters of Zion with scabs. You women, the Bible says your glory is your hair. Well, their head's going to be full of scabs. The Lord will make their foreheads bare and go bald. By the way, there are, there are ads on television. I know you see them. We see them. Can't miss them. Where the women are advertising clothes or makeup and they prance. They prance like, like horses. They just prance about in these commercials. That's what you've got going on here. Ladies, it hasn't changed. Some of these things have not changed. In that day, the Lord will take away the beauty of their anklets and their headbands and their crescent ornaments, dangling earrings and bracelets and veils and headdresses and ankle chains and sashes and perfume boxes and amulets and finger rings and nose rings, festal robes, outer tunics and cloaks and money purses and hand mirrors and undergarments and turbans and veils. God's going to take all this away. Can you imagine some of the young women you see today who, who pride themselves on their looks and their vanity and um, can you imagine when all this is taken away? It's gone. When it's gone. By the way, I mentioned a word just a moment ago. A lot of you don't know what it, where it comes from. But if you have a dresser at home, the dresser drawers that has a mirror on it. That's called a vanity. Because the women sit in front of the vanity and, and put their makeup on and look at themselves. That's why it's called the vanity. It's vain. Now, it came about that instead of sweet perfume, there will be putrefaction. Instead of a belt, a rope. Instead of well-set hair, a plucked-out scalp. Instead of fine clothes, a donning of sackcloth. And branding instead of beauty. And what about the men? Well, the young men will fall by the sword. Their strength will not save them. Their energy will, will, will betray them. They're going to die by the sword. And your mighty ones will die in battle. And her gates, this will be the city of Jerusalem, the gates of the city of Jerusalem will lament and mourn and deserted she will sit on the ground. That is, the city of Jerusalem will be like a woman who's been deserted. She will sit on the ground. Well, look what's coming uh, in, in terms of before the, or in the tribulation. In the tribulation, chapter 4, verse 1, seven women will take hold of one man in that day. Women will not be able to survive without a husband saying we will eat our own bread and wear our own clothes only let us be called by your name take away our reproach that's what the women will say let's go with the, with the man please help save us spare us uh, the, the, feminine, the, the, the women's liberation movement will end instantly when this takes place by the way look at the word reproach in verse 1 um, the word reproach in Hebrew means abuse disgrace or scorn 
So they'll, they'll get a man and say, oh, take away our abuse. Take away our scorn that's upon us. And by the way, the Hebrew word for reproach in verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1, is related to the Hebrew word for winter time when it turns cold and icy. The winter time will come upon us. Winter will come upon us. In that day, aha, ah, look at verse 2. What's the salvation going to be? In that day, the branch of the Lord. That's the Messiah. That's Jesus. He's called by Jeremiah and Isaiah the branch. He's the branch of the stem of Jesse, and Jesse was David's father. So the Lord Jesus comes from the line of, of Jesse and David, and he's called the branch. The branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth will be the pride and the adornment of the survivors of Israel. It'll come about that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem, if he survives, will be called holy. Everyone who's recorded for life in Jerusalem. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning, then the Lord will, cre will create over the whole area of Mount Zion, that's Jerusalem, and over her assemblies a cloud by day, even smoke, and the brightness of a flaming fire by night, for over all the glory will be a canopy. Will be a canopy. The wicked will be swept away, this is the point, as if by a storm. By a storm, the wicked will be swept away, and God's glory will be seen like a canopy over the city of Jerusalem. Verse 6, There will be a shelter to give shade from the heat by day and refuge and protection from the storm and the rain. God will protect His people. He will spare His people. He will deliver His people. He will bring a blessing uh, to His people. I look at chapter 5, verse 1. Let me sing now for my well-beloved a song of my beloved. He's going to picture now in this chapter 5, he's going to do a poem or, or a song of Israel being of, of a vineyard. A song of my beloved concerning his vineyard. My beloved has a vineyard on a fertile hill. He dug all around it and removed its stones. He planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in the middle of his vineyard. He hewed out a wine vat in it, and then he expected it to produce good grapes. But it produced only worthless ones. God cultivated the Jewish people. God blessed the Jewish people. He expected good fruit to be born. Was it? No, no. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done it? What else could I do for my vineyard, Israel? What else could I do? I protected them. I planted them. I gave them a land. I was their God. I gave them a law. What else could I do for them, my people? Why, when I expected it to produce good grapes, did it produce worthless ones? So now let me tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I'll remove its hedge. It'll be consumed. I'll remove the hedge around my vineyard and the animals will come and eat the grapes. I'll break down its wall. It'll become trampled ground. I will lay it waste. It won't be pruned or hoed, but briars and thorns will come up. I will also charge the clouds to rain no rain on it. No rain for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the men of Judah 
his delight his delightful plant but guess what no good grapes nothing good coming thus God he looked for justice but behold bloodshed he looked for righteousness but behold a cry of distress a cry of distress I want to go just a few minutes over I want to look at the woes he has six woes and a woe is oh it's pain in, in, in for chapter 5 starting at verse 8 when you say woe here's what you do oh oh the pain the pain of God's judgment the first woe, verse 8. Woe to those who add house to house and join field to field until there's no more room, who crowd together, who don't pay any attention to the, to, to the acreage and to the land that I've given. They just crowd together. There's no more room so that you may have to live alone in the midst of the land. Look at verse 10. For 10 acres of vineyards will yield only 10 gallons of wine. One bath is the measurement of 10 gallons. So 10 full acres of vineyards, guess what? Only 10 gallons of wine will be produced. The second woe, verse 11, the oh, oh, oh me. Verse 11, woe to those who rise early in the morning that they may pursue strong drink, who get up and start drinking and drink all day long who stay up late in the evenings that wine may inflame them. Come down to verse 12. But they do not pay attention to the deeds of the Lord. They just have fun and drink and drink and get up in the morning and drink and drink at night. They have banquet and party. They party and banquet. Well, guess what? They do not pay attention to the deeds of the Lord. Nor do they consider the work of His hands. They don't consider the work of his hands. Someone sent me an email today of a school, and I can't remember if it was California or somewhere. No, New Mexico, New Mexico, where a group of the Christian kids in that school, they would take donuts and put a Bible verse in that donut and give it to the teachers. The superintendent said they can't do it. He, dis he, he, he dismissed the kids out of the school, threw them out of the classroom. And he made the statement, I can't stand Christians. To the teenagers, the kids. They couldn't give a Bible verse to their teacher. They do not consider the work of God's hands. The third woe is in verse 18. Look at verse 18. Oh, woe to those who drag iniquity with the cords of falsehood. They drag their sin behind them with the cords of falsehood. Look at verse 20, the fourth woe. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. That's happening in America. That's a famous verse. That verse ought to be put on a plaque and hung on your wall. Look at it again. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. They reverse everything. They turn everything upside down. And woe to those people. The fifth woe in verse 21. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. You don't need to explain that. That's self-explanatory. Their wisdom is themselves. You see, look up here. The Christian believes that wisdom is outside of us. It's, it's from God. Wisdom comes from God. 
and from His Word. This is revelation of wisdom. We don't self-generate wisdom. We're too stupid. We need God's wisdom. And that's from His authority, His Word. Verse 21, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Verse 22, the sixth woe. Woe to those who are, are heroes in drinking wine. They have drinking bouts and contests. And valiant men in mixing strong drink. Look at verse 24. In the middle of verse 24, this is still the sixth woe. For they have rejected the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Would you look at that? They can't stand His word. The superintendent of the school in New Mexico, I can't stand Christians. They put this Bible verse, the word of God, and this donut given to the teachers. I'm throwing the kids out of the classroom. Out of the classroom. Throwing the kids out of the classroom. Teenagers. They despise the word of the Holy One of Israel. And that's where we're going. That's what's happening. Hate the word of God and therefore hate God and hate Christ. And then guess what? Hate us. That's the way it's going. All right, let's close in prayer. Father, Israel was in trouble because they did not listen to your word. They thought they knew better. They called good bad and bad good. They looked to themselves for wisdom rather than to you. Oh God, may we learn from this. Help us learn from this. And Lord, help us to keep, continue to be concerned for our nation. First for the salvation of our people. Lord, please touch America. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.